Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome on. Today's podcast is brought to you by Raw Juice, Miami's number one juice brand. Raw Juice. Happy to have them on board as a sponsorship. Excited to see what we can do together. Um, So today we're talking a little bit about, I came across a passage or um, a study that was done um, recently by a psychologist um, named Barbara Fredrickson, um, operating out of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Go Hills. And she had did a study that had proven that, or that had shown that paying attention to positive emotions literally expands our reality, expands the world that we see, the world that we experience, while focusing on negative emotions shrinks it. And she also followed up by saying a fact that is important, a fact that has an important implications for our daily experience. So to reiterate, thinking negative thoughts all day, thinking negative, um, beginning your day in a space of negativity um, shrinkens um, your experience uh, with the world and, and what you're engaging with throughout the day. And thinking positively, optimistically um, expands it. You know, it made me think about a phenomenon that um, you guys may be familiar with um, called the weapons effect. So the weapons effect essentially essentially states that when, you know, when you have someone caught in a, a violent crime, right, or if you're watching Law and Order or something like that, and you're looking in and cringing at the person, they're having this experience and whatever the violence is being brought upon them or the trauma, um, the individual comes from that experience um, and during the frightened state, they become extremely laser focused, extremely detailed in uh, every little aspect of the experience. Not every little aspect, but in one or two um, things throughout that experience in particular, like the kind of knife that was used or where the trauma took place or how the person was holding a gun or the tattoo on the wrist. And what it states in this phenomenon is that The reason why eyewitness accounts are so powerful is because they have the ability in that heightened, frightened state to narrow their focus to the point so severely, so accurately to the point of focusing on key elements um, that it, while at the same time um, blurring out um, so many other elements from that experience. So they can get extremely detailed in one particular area that can often lead to the value of having um, witnessed the experience or being a part of the experience. So weapons effect is, in theory, finding yourself in an angered state or a sad state or a negative state and, and 
some ways referring to um, what you know what the uh, psychologist Dr. Uh, Barbara Fredrickson said, which is when you're in that state, you have a way of narrowing your focus so intently to one um, to where the threat is coming from or to what's causing the trauma that you um, fade out the rest of the experience. You almost block out yourself from being able to receive any information that's not pertinent to that exact point of um, threat or fear, right, or anger. And the reason why this is so important or the reason why I felt this um, insight to be so important is because oftentimes throughout my work, you know, whether you're working with someone that's in business or in professional sports or just someone that's just trying to, you know, live a more mindful life, you know, you find yourself helping people evolve through or grow through moments of hardship or frustration or anger or sadness. And as you're trying to give them the opportunity to land in what they're feeling, but also work through um, what they're experiencing so that you can hopefully uh, kind of be a bridge to the other side of that. The challenge that you have initially is trying to get them to expand um, their relationship to their experience, expand their relationship to the world that they're experiencing, expand their relationship to the relationship they're struggling with. Like wherever they're, wherever they are in their lives, in some ways they've been so conditioned to anchor into or to feeling these feelings of frightened state, anger state, sadness, that the reality itself contracts so much to the point where that thing that's causing them that anger or that sadness begins to engulf or take over their entire worldly experience. So if you're in a state, if you're in a constant state of sadness and I'm trying to, and we're trying to land on or work through some key elements and, and exercises that help you see your experience differently, if you're still operating from that scope of negativity, if you're still operating from those quote unquote hardened emotions, emotional states, those trigger states, then it's gonna be hard for you to expand into other possibilities of what else you could be potentially experiencing. That makes sense. You know, so again, when you think about science supporting the fact that good feelings, having good feelings, widening, literally widens the lens that you see the world, you know, if you're trying to help someone or if you're trying to help um, someone develop a different lens or a different way of seeing their experience or their lives or their careers so that they can become more creative and more um, and create more opportunities for themselves to see how not only could they use where they are, but per perhaps take their experience to the next level. The first thing you need to do is land on, OK, how do we begin to start to acknowledge while also shifting the, the mental and the emotional state. You know, I remember working with an athlete who, you know, was so distraught regarding where he was in the season. You know, that every time he came from practice or every time he found himself in competition, he had a, you know, a me against the world mindset about everything which given the way his season was going thus far, you know, you can definitely understand it and you want to hold space without judgment. But his belief of what he was experiencing, right? The findings that he was landing on, the support, right? The negativity bias that he was putting out into the, into the world, into his worldly experience. They were constantly being validated 
and proven day in, day out. You know, in fact, he would start his day in this mental state. He would come to the facility and he would just find other confirmations on that focus or on that point or the, on, on that emotional state. And I began to start trying to challenge him to approach his day, approach his relationship to the world that he's experiencing, approach where he is professionally in his space, approach it with a different emotional and mental state and see what happens. And it was a challenge at first. And it was something that we worked through for a really long time. And what he began to see slowly but surely is that as he started to be very intentional about the meaning that he was attributing to these experiences and understanding, just like if I said, you know, just like I just like if I said, hey, do whatever you can, but don't look at any red cars today, you're going to attract more opportunities where you're going to land on seeing more red cars the likelihood of him going into this experience, whether it be a practice or a game, and landing on things that confirmed his already angered state, his already um, state of sadness, um, the possibilities of him landing on similar frequencies are were extremely high. They were heightened. And by just, again, using the science, what it shows is that as he became more engrossed in what he was experiencing and how he was not only experiencing that, but it started to dictate the way that he was experiencing and seeing the world, not not just his career, not just the coaching staff, not just where he was in the season. So the first thing we had to do is hopefully expand the lens to which he was taking in these experiences. And it was a hard, it was a hard climb, but he did it and I was proud of him for doing that. And what began to happen as he started to expand his lens, as he started to not necessarily arrive at a space of, okay, I'm going to make myself feel better about this situation that I'm in. You know, the most powerful question you can ask someone when they're in that state, when everything they see, every time they look out into the world, they're seeing things that confirm those emotions that are harmful for where they are right now, what they're trying to get out of or trying to grow out of. The most powerful question you can ask someone in that in that space is what else is true? Yeah, you could be in a space that is um, consistently landing on anger. You could be in a space that consistently have you in a space of sadness. Um, you could be in a space in your life where the way in which you're viewing the world constantly keeps you in a triggered, frightened state. That could very much well be your truth. And you could have all the reasons in the world for operating in that space. You know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, um, when we were existing and we had to be mindful and, and vigilant in predators out in the world that were, um, you know, that were are out to harm us, our ability to be able to shorten our scope of vision, sh shorten or condense the way in which we see the world and become so obsessively focused on whatever that trigger, whatever that was causing that frightened state, that sadness state, that anger state, meant the success of our survival, right? It was in our operation system to become hyperly linked and focused to those things that trigger those responses. So then she began to so then you begin to shorten that field of, of sight, of depth. 
you become so focused, so consumed with that, that when you put out that same energy in the world, you begin to see things that also trigger that same thought process, right? And you stay in this constant cycle, this constant cycle of fight or flight. And it's the same thing when you allow yourself to stay and operate in this space without doing the work, without being courageous in this space and trying to grow outside of it. What you begin to do is live a life that's filled with not just negativity bias, but confirmational bias. You look out in the world and you get validation from the experiences that are completely anchored in that, not only the state that you're in currently, but what you or how you or how that state dictates what you see in your experience with the world that you're living. So if you're trying to get someone to shift out of that mind, mindset, emotional set, you want to ask them what else is true. Yeah, you could be at a space where all those things are valid. But what else is true? What other opportunities do we have here? What can you control? What can't you control? What part can you choose to be accountable and hold yourself responsible for? How can we shift or how can we have a courageous conversation about shifting from the victim mindset into ownership? Self-ownership. So when you think about the study that um, Dr. Barbara Fredrickson at the University of Chapel Hill had, had done, and you think about the phenomenal weapons effect, the reason why I think these are so important to speak to is that you really want to see how they apply to you in your life where you are. You know, I think we can find ourselves shifting to a consistent way in which we experience the world that we're currently living in and how we look out and what we look out and see in the world. It can become so subtle that we're not even aware of it when the shift happens. It becomes, oh my God, how did I get here? So what you want to do is you want to start becoming mindful of how, what kind of emotional and mindset and mental state do you have when you approach each day? What kind of mental and emotional set do you have when you, at the end of each day? Are you currently existing in the state of constant pain? Are you currently existing in, in a constant space of fear and hardship and sadness? Right? And once you truly land and acknowledge whatever that truth is for you, then the courage becomes, what else is true? How can I begin to shift from these negative emotions that tend to be, um, in a lot of ways, limiting and narrowing my perception of this worldly experience, the opportunities I have, the space that I can create, the other truths that I can manifest for my life? How do I begin to shift that emotional and mental space so I can create and expand more creativity in my life, more opportunities in my life? How can I use this experience as a growth opportunity to get better, to grow better? But until you begin to start taking account for where you are mentally and emotionally, then you can't really put together a roadmap on shifting out of that. So just as with the work that I did with the player, the first thing we had to do is acknowledge where he was and put words to it. You know, go beyond just, oh man, it's just 
the comments about, oh, how wrong he feels or how fucked up the situation is or, but really land in what he was feeling so that we can work from that truth. So I challenge you to do the same thing and no matter what you find, honor that. And then ask yourself the beautiful question, what else is true? And if you find yourself in the state of the phenomenon weapons effect, then understand that that's also, there's beauty in that also, because that, in some points and sometimes in your life, that probably saved you from a harmful relationship, um, a career that wasn't fulfilling or didn't fulfill you or that didn't serve its purpose, right? So it's, so it's, there's other ways in your life that that um, response, psychological response, right, benefited you. So again, it's not about pushing it away or judging it. It's just seeing it for what it is and growing from it. All right, guys, there you go. Weapon effect. See ball, think ball. Cheers.